Welcome to the Under Grace Podcast. This podcast covers everything related to Jesus Christ, Yeshua, God, or Jehovah. God represents all things pure, holy, righteous, just, praiseworthy. The list goes on and on. Every human is a sinner. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. What is the punishment for sins? An eternity apart from our Creator, hell. We are nothing without God, and He offered His very own Son as a sacrifice for our sins in place of what we deserve. Romans 6.14 says, For sin will have no dominion over you, since you are not under law, but under grace. Aren't you glad that we are no longer under law? If I still was, I'd be in a completely different place than where I am now. Grace is undeserved, God-given help offered to us for our renewal or purification or forgiveness. Still with me here? Good. Thank you for your time. So sit back and enjoy God's grace. They refuse to obey, and they are not mindful of your wonders that you did among them, but they hardened their necks. And in their rebellion, they appointed a leader to return to bondage. But you are God, ready to pardon gracious and merciful, slow to anger, abundant in kindness, and did not forsake them. Nehemiah 9.17 The definition of repentance means that the activity of the sinner is reviewed by the display of rebellious actions and the feeling of contrition or regret for past wrongs. Repentance is accompanied by a commitment to change for the better, and the act of confession follows as a formal admission of one's sins. There is a sincere desire of absolution. The old tradition of Roman Catholicism required that the individual was to act out privately in a confession booth to a priest as a religious duty. Many people simply stop after confession, then go on living their lives just like before. However, there must be an additional step, denial of self. In God's word, the act of repentance and confession of sins are required not as a religious duty, but by the enabling and prompting of the Holy Spirit himself through conviction that only he does within us. These are must-dos as we are grafted into the family of Christ as his disciples. Jesus requires this of his followers and disciples. Jesus said in Luke fourteen twenty-seven, And whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. I've seen many of these billboards on freeways that display messages like, Try Jesus and you won't regret it. Or, Jesus offers joy, peace, and rest. I agree with the first part. The Lord does offer joy, peace, and rest. But the regret part sounds too much like a product that's on the market, which everyone should buy. But God will not be mocked. The life of a born-again believer, a Christian, is forsaking a life of pleasure. A life of self-ambition and greed. The conversion into the kingdom of God takes effort, and you'll be uncomfortable a lot of the time. It's not all filled with unicorns and rainbows, not a fairy tale. I promise your life will be more difficult and challenging because you go against everything that the world promotes, self-worship and prosperity. The life of a disciple isn't just perfect and happy all the time. There's brokenness and difficulty. The reward comes after we live this life. We have already accomplished and overcome because we are hidden and grafted into Christ Jesus, the only hope and Savior of all the world for all time. 
The message of hope is found in God's word, the Bible. That is our hope. To me, it testifies to all the lives that were transformed by a holy and living God. He allowed and chose sinners to represent him. Our Heavenly Father kept his promise by sending his very own Son to dwell among us. The Word of God became flesh in John 1.14. He is the promise of joy, peace, and rest. But first, we live a life of repentance and confession of sin, and then a lifestyle of self-sacrifice and obedience, which is worship to him. He delights in us as his new creation in his Son. It's one thing to believe the words on that billboard, but another thing entirely to actually follow them by living out obedience, by repenting and confession, forsaking a life of sin and following Christ. As a matter of fact, this is what Jesus himself has commanded. The only way that we can be his disciples and followers is for us, as the redeemed sinner, to deny our very selves. Matthew 16, 24 through 26. And now, a word from our sponsor. We all depend on our cell phones, laptops, tablets, computers, and other devices. They are the lifeblood of a business. They store priceless information. They help us with school assignments. They keep us in touch with friends and loved ones. They keep us on time to appointments or remind us of important dates. One of the most frustrating and sometimes devastating things is when one of your devices doesn't function as well anymore or even completely stops working. This is where Integrity Device Repair comes to the rescue. Integrity Device Repair is a concierge device repair company that can set up and fix your smartphone, tablet, Mac or PC, smartwatch, gaming console, or music player, and help you master it. They can help in selected stores or over the phone. Their down-to-earth and professional technicians will physically meet you anywhere in the state of Colorado, whether it be where you work or live. Pick a location and they'll be there, rain, snow, or shine. Are you outside of Colorado? No problem. Simply mail your device in and Integrity Device Repair will take care of it. Cracked screens, water damage, speaker issues, no signal, device rebuilds or battery issues. No job is too difficult for Integrity Device Repair. Do you need a new case for your cell phone, a flash drive, a Bluetooth headset, the latest laptop or cellular device? Integrity Device Repair offers competitive prices for all these as well. Contact Integrity Device Repair at idrtech.us. That's idrtech.us. They have the highest ratings on Google and many satisfied customer testimonial. As a promotional opportunity, exclusively for listeners of this podcast, enter the word UNDRGRCE in all caps into the message section under customer support and receive a 10% discount on your purchase. Try Integrity Device Repair and they will live up to their honest reputation with their fair pricing and flexible schedule. Integrity Device Repair. They can fix it almost as fast as you can break it. Repentance. The God of all creation and of the entire universe displays his affection to us as his purchased ones by his covenant, a promise. Try to wrap your mind around that. A holy and loving God desires to be intimate with his people. He is so big, yet he can have such intimacy with each one of us so personally. The human mind cannot grasp that. We are too finite. His word says that he is not a man that he should lie. In Numbers 23, 19. His word is magnified above his name in Psalm 138, verse 2. To turn from sin with a humble heart before a most holy and righteous God is a must. It's a commandment that the redeemed must obey and is only possible with the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. A newborn Christian fights a fight as a lifelong battle. We are our own worst enemy because our regenerated spirit within us opposes its selfish desires, selfish motives, greedy habits, and idolatry. 
No one is able to live a sinless life. Jesus already accomplished that, so why do we try and do it all over again? The redeemed have been clothed in the righteousness of Christ. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, Romans 8.12. Those who think that their good works can save them are gravely mistaken. Ephesians 2 verses 8 through 9 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. To live by the law is to be judged by the law. Anyone who tries to get into heaven by the law alone will have a rude awakening when their life on earth is over. Romans 6 verse 14 says, For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under law, but under grace. Does that sound familiar? Remember, only God himself can judge. James 4.12, Isaiah 30.22, and Psalm 50 verse 6 and 75 through 7. This isn't a life filled with rules, regulations, and perfection. The gift of salvation has been made possible by the grace of Jesus Christ and his defeat of death on the cross. He took our place and became the curse on our behalf. He fulfilled and accomplished the law, Matthew 5.17. If we are judged by God's perfect law, we can't accomplish or do what we want to do. There would be no room for free will. Do you desire to be freed from the law and escape condemnation? This is absolutely possible because Christ has won. We must repent and turn away from sin. 2 Chronicles 7 verse 14 says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and heal their land. Confess. Do you profess to be a Christian? Have you at one time or another repeated after the preacher the sinner's prayer? If so, is there a desire to change and to be transformed forever? Was there ever a desire to turn from sin that was obvious in your life that you began to despise and grow to hate? If your answer is yes, then there is evidence in your life that your salvation is genuine and sincere. Let's look at this another way. Did you repeat the prayer of salvation in order to be safe from an eternity of separation from God in fear of going to hell? Did you recite that simple prayer thinking it could purchase you that special get-out-of-jail-free card? We have now arrived at the moment of truth. Now is the time to be completely honest with yourself because it could cost you an eternity of separation from God. If you repeated the sinner's prayer just to get out of hell, you are dangerously deceived. However, it is not your fault entirely. There is a spirit of wicked deceit that fills the congregations of some of today's most charismatic and prosperous preachers. It's being presented by them that by simply saying this prayer, you are now welcomed into the family of God. That is one of the steps toward getting to heaven. But they miss so many things. Those who present the gift of salvation as a one-time save-all solution or when people take the credit for helping to bring you into salvation, are making a grave mistake. Salvation is a gift that has been given only by Jesus Christ's work on the cross. It's not like a beat-up used car that magically transitions into a Ferrari, like when you transition from a life of ugly sin into a prosperous and wealthy person, just because you speak fortunes into your life by the Name It, Claim It gospel. As a matter of fact, your life is guaranteed to get harder because you've betrayed yourself and Satan and his wicked kingdom, the world. 
for the savior of the everlasting kingdom of righteousness. Who can bring a dead man to life except for God alone? The sinner is regenerated only by the unimaginable supernatural power of the Lord. Once the dead sinful man has been awakened, the encounter of a fallen and sinful nature is revealed when exposed to the spotless, sinless Lamb of God. It is at that moment when you visualize the contrast between yourself and God that gives you the desire to confess your sin. In John 14:6, Jesus spoke to his disciple Thomas and said, I am the way, the truth, and life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So it is by God and only through him that someone can come to the saving knowledge of grace. They are rescued from the death of their sin and eternal separation from a holy and loving God and placed in the everlasting care of his salvation. Don't be deceived by false doctrine preachers of today who only want your money and more members for their churches, or should I call them businesses or corporations that they call their planted churches. This generation is wicked and lawless without the power of the renewing and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Don't give in to the lie that you could repeat a special prayer and that alone will save you. Don't give in to the deception that you can live your life freely in sin and still be saved from the eternal destruction of hell. Jesus requires repentance from sin and the denial of your own self. Change is unattainable unless we make the choice to confess our sin. Why is it necessary to confess? That's easy. Because confession dissolves hypocrisy and puts humility in its place. Humility is important because it's the most critical characteristic necessary for us to become God's children. The Greek word for humility is tapinoo. It means to become something that is malleable or adaptable. Humility displays an eagerness to be directed by God, to be formed, to be bendable enough to confess our shortcomings so we can gain daily renewal of our character. Denial of Self In Matthew 16, 24-26, Jesus spoke to his disciples, If anyone should come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or what shall a man give in return for his soul? The flesh of man is rotten to its core. As humans alone without God, we are wretched and ruthless because we have willingly fallen away from his will for our lives. Left to our own devices, we would run amuck with sin and deceit. Just think about it. Babies are naturally selfish and self-desiring. It takes training and coaching to transform a toddler into someone who shares and gives. At its crux, selfishness is the basic sin that separates us from God. Almost every other sin stems from selfishness. That's why we need to get so far away from it. Many times when we sin, it just isn't because of Satan's temptation, but also our own flesh. In Matthew 26, 41, Jesus was speaking to his disciples when he was praying in the Garden of Gethsemane, just before he was arrested. Watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. This speaks to the two sides of our nature, the spirit and the flesh. The spirit side is the part that listens to God and obeys. 
The flesh side blocks out the Holy Spirit's voice, our conscience, and continues to operate alone, apart from God. In order to live the life that God planned for us, we need to deny that fleshly side of us. Of course, God made that flesh part of us to make its own choice to either follow him or go its own way. Isn't it such a better feeling to have something decide to love you rather than force it to love you? Think about a pet. Would it be much more desirable to have that dog love you out of its own choice rather than you try to force it to love you? Only God knows our heart. Psalm 44:21, Luke 16:15, and Acts 15:8. It also says in Jeremiah 17:9 through 10, "The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked." Who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart. I test the mind, even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. In our flesh, it's difficult to do the right thing. One day we're going along just fine, serving the Lord and doing right in his eyes. And then, boom, we slip up. Let's look at Romans 7, 15-20 from the Common English Bible, because it describes this situation in a way that's so much easier to understand. I don't know what I'm doing because I don't do what I want to do. Instead, I do the things that I hate. But if I'm doing the thing that I don't want to do, I'm agreeing that the law is right. But now, I'm not the one doing it anymore. Instead, it's sin that lives in me. I know that good doesn't live in me, that is, in my body. The desire to do good is inside of me, but I can't do it. I don't do the good that I want to do, but I do the evil that I don't want to do. But if I do the very thing that I don't want to do, then I'm not the one doing it anymore. Instead, it is sin that lives in me that is doing it. So how do we deny our flesh and choose to follow Christ? Through submission to the Holy Spirit, your mind can be renewed by his word. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of thoughts and intents of the heart. For starters, read the word more. The Bible is filled with so much insight and practical applications, even for today. It's amazing how long ago the Bible was written that still applies to us today. Start with reading Romans, then read the rest of Paul's letters. Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, all the way to Hebrews, which is disputed as to if Paul is the author or not. Then read James, First and Second Peter, all the way to Jude. No person is meant to follow Christ by themselves. That is what Christian fellowship is about. There are three levels of Christian fellowship. First, start attending a church that fulfills you, a place where you can meet with others who believe like you do and ultimately bring glory to God. Second, I would recommend attending a small group within that church so you won't be lost in the congregation, but feel more personal and where you can get an intimate touch from God. Finally, I suggest meeting one-on-one -on -one with a believer who's either at the same spiritual level as you or more mature in the faith than you are, a spiritual mentor. Through these three levels of Christian fellowship, you can begin to walk through your Christian life, not alone, but being surrounded by those who challenge you, lift you up, hear you, encourage you, listen to you, pray with and for you, and hold you liable for your actions. Once you start denying yourself, you will see more of Christ in you, living through you and radiating his example throughout every faucet of your life. 
The best testimony and example you can live out after you've denied your flesh is to use actions, not always words. I've heard the saying, preach the gospel at all times, and when necessary, use words. In conclusion, whatever your life may look like right now, there is salvation and today is that day. Whatever you've done or whatever sin you have committed, it can be wiped away and forgiven by the only one who has the authority to forgive it, Jesus Christ. Whatever the sin and however great it seems, Jesus died for you and his blood can sanctify and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Salvation is not accomplished by works or a special prayer alone, but also by faith and living a Christ-like life. Remember, the road to heaven is narrow, but the road to destruction is wide. God is ready to pardon, gracious and merciful, slow to anger, abundant in kindness, and will not forsake. Only the Lord himself can draw you to himself. John 6, 44. As he wakes you from being dead in your sin, he gives you an opportunity to receive the gift of salvation accomplished by his son. John 14, 6. Don't wait. Seize the moment. God will not strive with the hearts of men forever. Genesis 6, 3. So there's no telling when your time may come and your days on earth are finished. He loves you even more than your mind could comprehend. As you awaken for that moment in your sinful slumber, repent and confess your sin. Then daily deny the fleshly desires and live the life he always has planned for you. Can you make Jesus your Lord? No, he freely gives you that gift of salvation. We just have to make the decision and accept it. He knows what you need and he knows what you ask for, even before you ask it. He wants that relationship with you to be so personal and genuine with him. Tell him anything because he loves hearing you talk. He wants your heart. Ask Jesus to show and to teach you how to live a life for him. How to live a life filled with denying yourself daily, putting aside all your own desires and living a life obedient to him. Jesus is the resurrection and the life, the son of the living God. Give your life to him and ask him to empty you of yourself and to pour his spirit into you. Your life will forever be changed and one day you will see the face and the wounds of Jesus Christ when you are done on earth and are taken home forever.